What's going on, everybody, and welcome to a very special edition of Chicken Scratch Gospel. I am your host, Matt, along with my co-host, Daniel. What's, What's up, Daniel? Up? What's up? What's up? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right, doing man. Yeah. And it, the reason why this is a special edition of Chicken Scratch mm. Gospel is because mm-hmm. today on camera we have our producer Andy. Andy, welcome. yo, what's going on, everybody? Andy. We're excited because today we thought we'd do something a little bit different. We're gonna have Chicken Scratch Gospel moments on on screen. This is gonna happen. Some little little Q and A with us, and we're just gonna we're just gonna see you know what happens from this. Andy's gonna be asking us some some questions. And for those of you that are wondering what in the world is Chicken Scratch Gospels, for all those moments in your prayer time, or your devotion time, your worship time that you just have to write down, no matter how messy it comes across. God downloads something into your spirit. You get it written down. You go back to try to look at it. Turns out Chicken Scratch, but you can read it because you know what God's doing in your life. So everybody has Chicken Scratch Gospel moments. We just like to share ours. We thought it'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys a series of questions, um, all ministry-based. Um, some will be fun, some will be serious. Um, I want your honest, unique, <laughs> personal experience. Your honor, honest, uh-oh. <laughs> you got it's it. It's dangerous. <laughs> uh, so I'll start with uh, Pastor Matt over here. Mm. Pastor Matt, so you lead worship from time to time. Yep. Um, what is the most embarrassing worship experience you've had? <laughs> all right, let's go. Um the most embarrassing worship moment. There are so many. Uh, no, there, there actually, um, there was, there's one that sticks out. Um, I was, uh, never mind. Like wor- I think every worship leader, worship pastor has worshiped with their fly down. So I won't pick that one. I think that's a cop <laughs> out. Um, but, uh, there was this one time where, uh, I, w- I was leading worship for conference and our, ch- the church was packed. Uh, I'm front and center leading six songs and I have a very bad habit, and anybody that leads worship will will groan when they hear this. I chew gum when I when I sing or when I preach. I chew gum, and that's a bad habit. You shouldn't do it. You should, you know, because because what happened to me could happen to you. And my worst nightmare happened, and that was I was on stage, and I sang a k sound in one of the songs, and my gum went four or five rows out into the congregation. Uh, nobody caught it and screamed as though it was a fan situation because it was gross. It was gum coming out of somebody's mouth in the name of Jesus. And it was really, really <laughs> embarrassing for me. Uh, uh, I was hoping it would be like a somber, holy moment where nobody would be looking around. But no, like the first few rows, actually eyes open, looking straight at me, pointing and laughing because it happened to me. So that was probably my most embarrassing moment for leading worship. All right. It's uh. <laughs> <laughs> real life, guys. Did it teach me a lesson to stop chewing gum? <laughs> no, no, it sure didn't. Uh, for Pastor Daniel, uh, so you used to be a, a youth pastor. Uh, what is your funniest or funnest experience as a youth pastor? Oh man, youth ministry is never dull. So <laughs> there's True. something all the time. And so it's, this is a really hard one because there's so many stories that um, I could share. I think one that sticks out to me um, the most is we used to do these girls and guys nights out so like all the guys you know and you got junior high high school bunch of crazy youth leaders young adults we would have these guys nights and so what it started happening was the guys wouldn't just want a night to go hang out and you know play video games or basketball like they would be like let's go do something to the girls because the girls were having their girls night on the same night right and so um of course, we're just like, dang it, we got to make it fun for these guys, right? So 
we take all the guys, yeah, let's go play a prank on them. You know, we go get whatever to play a prank, whatever. Well, <clears throat> in youth ministry, things get out of hand very, very quickly because <laughs> w- kids don't have any boundaries. And then, you know, young adults barely have boundaries. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> you know, and then so you're the <laughs> adult here and you're trying to be like, we shouldn't do that, guys. That's going a little too far. I mean, the kids don't care. The young adults are still kind of like, eh. and so I'm like, all right, let's do that. And so we go, this thing gets totally out of hand. Um, and so we pull up <clears throat> in a car. Um, I think they have maybe like eggs or water guns and flour and all this is involved already. Well, we're going to go bake them a cake. I know. Well, no, we're, they're throwing them <laughs> at each other. <laughs> And so the girls show up in this white van. I'm not going to say any names. You know who you are if you're listening to this or you know what this is. But um, they show up in a white van, you know, rolling like 15 deep in a white van. Um, And they go out and they do something and they get all crazy. And then they start running back in the van. Well, this one girl, she's just booking it back to the van. Oh, no. And her plan is I'm going to dive into the passenger window in the front, you know, passenger door. Well, guess what happened? The window was up. <laughs> so she's just running full force, and she dives in, hits the window, breaks her nose, blood everywhere. <laughs> and That's I'm just like, I'm like, oh, my gosh. What are we going to tell Pastor? <laughs> it's, it's, I shouldn't be laughing this hard, but it's like, it like a human just did what bugs do on the regular. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, the w- it was nighttime, so she thought the window was down. And so, yeah, I think there was an ER visit, a lot of blood. I um, would hope there was an ER visit. Parents were like, oh, kids will be kids. But really, they are like, well, what am I doing with my kid going to this youth group? And I'm stressing and fun. Did the night end? <laughs> the night didn't end because <laughs> we stayed up talking about it for five hours, you know, but um, – I love her. She's fine now, of course. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she has any. <laughs> you stayed up talking about it for five hours? Yeah, because it was a, it was a, I mean, you ended up Did spending you get the night. Everyone's point of view? Is that why? Was it a yeah. growth moment or was it like the trajectory? It was crazy. Like it turned into CSI <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> it did. We tried to figure out what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy, man. But yeah, that was, that was a memorable moment. Man, if you were in that group, if you were in that van, Girls, you, y'all need to help each other out, man. You knew she was running. You knew it. <laughs> Roll the window down. Help a sister out. Like I said, teenagers. <laughs> I mean, maybe half of their brain is functioning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so um, we'll move on to more some serious things. Uh, right. So Pastor Matt, what yep. is your first uh, recollection of being in church? My first recollection of being in church. Um, so I was... Uh, I was not raised in church. Um, I, you know, was uh, somebody who, because of my uh, my upbringing, I had a very rough upbringing, and because of that, I had a hard time believing that God was real, that God existed, and so I was I was a self proclaimed atheist very early in life, very very young, to proclaim that there was no God. Uh, spent a lot of my time making fun of Christians in church and things of that nature, but still, these uh, tenacious friends of mine who were believers uh, still uh, had a soft spot in their heart for me. And so they, you know, had, would have them invite me to church over and over and over and over and over again. And finally it was August of 2000. Uh, I was freshly graduated from high school and uh, about 18 years old. And uh, my friend had asked me for the million and first time, I think it was. 
uh, were I counting. And I told her, look, I will go with you if you leave me alone. Like, after this, you stop asking me. I'll be your friend, Mm -hmm. but, like, after this, you stop asking me to come to church with you. Uh, I'll go to church with you one time. And, uh, and so that was my, that's my earliest recollection. I went to church that night and y- those of you out there maybe can relate to this. She was bummed because when I went that night, uh, it wasn't a normal service. It wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't like the pastor's preaching and the worship team is on fire and all this, like it wasn't that kind of situation. It was a youth group and it was a youth night and the youth pastor wasn't preaching and the youth worship wasn't going to do worship. They were just doing youth testimony service. And I don't know if anybody out there has ever experienced inviting somebody to church. And then, the, of course, the, the Sunday that, that they say, yes, it, church looks nothing like how church normally looks. And you're like, oh, no. Right. God knows everything. And clearly God knew everything about that, uh, about what was going on with us in that moment. But she was like, like, oh, no, because <laughs> I was just sitting there making fun of these guys during the service. I'm sitting in the back chair right by the back door like. These fools are living the same life I'm living. What on, what on earth am I here for? Like, what am I going to learn? What's different? All of this kind of stuff that I'm feeling. But nonetheless, there was a moment that happened um, where God gripped my heart. There was a, a student got up and shared, and he said that he was living for God during the week, or excuse me, uh, on Wednesdays and Sundays, but then during the rest of the time of the week, he was just doing whatever he wanted to do, and he felt God kind of nudge his heart and tell him, if you keep living like this, I'm going to remove my hand from your life. And we said that here I am sitting in the back, making fun of everything, not believing that there is a God or believing that God is real. Something gripped my heart. And I know now it was it was it was the Holy Spirit that God gripped my heart in that moment. And I I was like, look, God, if you're real, then I want you. I, I don't want you to remove your hand from my life. And so I, I went up to the front. I, mean, I didn't wait till the end of the service. But that was my first wow. my first recollection. Wow. Wow. Uh, for Pastor Daniel. What is the closest you've ever felt to God in your life? Uh, closest I've ever felt to God in my life. You know, I <clears throat> I look back and the closest moments, you know, that I'm I'm closest to Him, are the moments or the seasons in my life where something is is going bad. Right. Like I'm going through a struggle. I'm going through a trial. Um, I find that I, of course, draw close to Him because of it. But God uses these situations. Um, and even allow certain things to happen in your life to draw you closer to him, um, to seek him more, to seek his presence. I think, um, and there's, there's several, you know, times in my life where it's just like, wow, like this is happening. But I think one of the um, <coughs> moments, my son, when he was born, he, he had a lot of um, complications. And, um, <clears throat> and we were doing ministry around that time. We are youth pastoring. Things were going well as, as, as far as, like, you know, work and ministry and everything. And this happened. And um, I almost felt like, Lord, like, um, I'm doing everything I can for you. Like, right. I'm so committed. And, like, this is happening with my family. My, ki- my son mm. is going through all these medical complications. And we're, we pretty much, in that season of my life for about four years, we, like, lived in the hospital we we're back and forth uh children's hospital um test test all this stuff a lot a lot of things happening and we prayed like lord give us give us a miracle he needs a miracle um and so i think that was probably the closest i felt and it was in ministry i didn't get out of ministry um i stayed in ministry but i would question a lot and it drew me to prayer and worship a lot um the lord ended up healing him wow. and um 
and uh, it was probably one of the greatest like experiences that I've ever experienced in like in that tension of like being angry, having doubt, but still believing, you know, that God could do a miracle. Yeah. And God came through and healed him. Um, but it was I grew so much in that season. And that was probably the, one of the closest times that I've been to him. And so sometimes when I'm like, things are going really well right now, I'm scared. <laughs> because when you get, when things are going well, you start to get comfortable right. in your faith and, and you don't ever want to be comfortable. And so I'm like, and, and you don't want to be like, send something bad to me, Lord. You know, you don't want to be like that either. But, um, but I'm just like, Lord, keep me humble, you know, um, keep me in a place where I'm, where I am seeking you, yeah. you know, and I never want to ever feel like I've arrived or like things are just great. Like, Lord, keep me, yeah. keep me, you know, where I need to be. Wow. Yeah, so I love that. Wow. And that you share yeah. your, uh, that you shared that you didn't leave ministry in the midst of your belief and doubt. Right. Cause I think a lot of people, right. when they, you know, when they experience doubt, they feel like they're not fit for ministry. That's not true. Like we all experience some level of doubt. We just become, what's important is when we become mm -hmm. like the, like the man who was talking to Jesus and he said, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. There, there is, there is doubt. Help my unbelief. I, I, I believe you. And so yeah. that's, I think that's awesome that you stayed in ministry. Yeah. And I would, too, I man. would journal too. I think if anybody, when you're going through your seasons, um, <clears throat> like journal, because I look back at, back in my journal now and some of the things I wrote, I'm like, man, like I, I was down there, you know, but I look back and like when God got us, got us through it all. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's so great to see, like I was human and I was going through stuff, but God came through, you know? And so you have to keep that hope. You have to keep moving forward. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Uh, a little similar question for you, Pastor Matt is mm -hmm. when, when did you ever feel the greatest doubt or distance from God? The greatest doubt or distance from God, man. Um, to be, I mean, to be completely transparent, I, uh, even even, <laughs> I, I I would say I'm going through a season now, but I really don't feel. It's interesting because I've I've been through. This has been a rough season the past few months for me personally, um, but I don't. I've never felt distant from God during this time, which is quite interesting. You know, in the thick of all this stuff, I really felt like God has been close this whole time. But there were. Um, there have been moments when I I wanted to know where God was. Um, I remember before we had our our two kids. Um, I remember us losing uh, six kids. Um, my wife had um, six miscarriages um, that that I can that I can remember, uh, and I remember rushing her to the ER one, uh, during one of those instances and being very frustrated. And um, I, I had my, you know, my Bible in hand as I, as I go into this ER. And, um, you know, you deal with nurses who are amazing and you deal with doctors who are doing everything they can. Uh, and the whole time I'm, I'm wondering where God is. I see the nurses in the room. I see the doctor in the room. I'm here. Where are you at? Uh, we want a family. You promised me a family. I had, I had, you know, I had had visions and dreams and all I've ever wanted to be since I was a kid. Like literally, I would, there's a video of me when I was like two or three, and they're asking me questions: What's your favorite toy? What's your favorite this? Whatever. What do you want to be when you grow up? And when I was that young, I said I wanted to be a daddy. And I'm like, God, every everybody else is in this room but you. Where where are you, man? And um, uh, the doctor came out. I'll never forget it. He was. 
trying to let us know, but his bedside manner was a little, little sideways, I guess. I don't know what was going on with him, but, but he was very, very cold, very, very unkind in the moment. Made a very matter-of-fact statement uh, that I will not repeat, uh, and then said, good luck, and then left the room. And I was so angry. And I remember grabbing the Bible, like being angry and grabbing the Bible, and looking at my wife who was just brokenhearted, and I'm brokenhearted, not not just for our loss of this child, but also for my wife who is grieving as well. And I opened up um, uh, the Bible to the book of Romans, chapter 5, and in the moment where I felt like God was the furthest, God showed up in his word. You know, God showed up in his word, and he said, you know, we glory too in our tribulations because tribulations produce, yeah, you know, perseverance, perseverance, character, character, hope, and that, that kind of hope doesn't disappoint. What kind of hope? The hope that you develop in the midst of tribulation is the hope that won't disappoint. That's when, when sometimes when you think God is the furthest away, he's, he's, he's always just a whisper away. Yeah, wow, wow. Thank you. Uh, for Pastor Daniel, if you could be thankful, if you could thank God for one incident in your life, just one, what would it be? One incident. Wow. <laughs> one incident. <laughs> his kids are old oh. enough to know. <laughs> and oh, his wife so is many. listening to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what, man? I don't know. Uh, there's so many in- incidents, situations. Um, I think, generally speaking, I thank God that. Um, he doesn't allow it allow me to make my own decisions sometimes when I think I'm right. Um, I think that's more of a generalized response. But um, if I could say, you know, decisions, you know, decisions that I've made in my life, decisions that I've wanted to make in my life, um, I'm glad that God redirects me, you know, redirects me and puts me back on the path that I need to be on because I've tried to make decisions in my life to do something or set out to, you know, pursue something else. And God has always found a way to bring me back um, and and remind me, like, that's that's not what I have for you. Or, you know, and that would cause me to change the, the you know, decision. And so I'm just thankful that God doesn't, like, that I'm not alone, you know, in life, that God is with me, that he's guiding, he's leading me and my family um, in, <clears throat> in all things, I mean, work career and ministry and kids like he's right there with me i'm thankful for that yeah and so that's kind of a generalized but i mean there's so many things to be grateful for you know right wow thank you that's good that's a very holy answer (laughs) yeah it's very good (laughs) very church correct church correct (laughs) (laughs) uh for pastor matt if there's one person you could thank in your faith journey who would it be oh my many that's like the same question he gave me like jesus there's so many <laughs> jesus <laughs> that's the, sh- the one who makes the darkness tremble um my well, life is <laughs> is <it's>, yeah <laughs> that's a toughie uh, okay I, I i got one i do i do have one um so if there's one there one person right that was a question one person that i could be thankful for in your faith journey in my faith journey probably the most important person and really was a group of persons but um in my faith journey 
was so I, I just I told the story of when I when I gave my heart to Jesus that night at that youth thing. Uh, the following week, I actually went to went to a youth group that was in my hometown, and uh, was met with some was met on the front lawn before I went inside with a little resistance, like you ain't coming in here. Like apparently, I had a reputation in the town uh, where I grew up, and that's understandable. Um, but there was a man who approached me, uh, and uh, Coach Coach Pearson, and he since he since gone on to his reward, but uh, he approached me in the midst of this meeting that I was having in <laughs> on the grass, uh, and I was it was a I say it's the most important moment because it was a moment where had I not had the experience that I had with God the week before in, in that, you know, before you could not convince me that God was real. There was no way that you could convince me that God was real. But once I had um, an experience with God, there's no way that you can tell me he's not real. I know he's real. There's no way you can convince me otherwise. Had I not had that moment, then it would have been very easy for me to have been met with, the first bit of resistance and go, is this how Christians are? Yeah. Is this how people are? <laughs> then I don't need this. Mm. That's fine. Whatever. I'll just go back to doing whatever I was doing. But wow. Coach Pearson met me as that was going on. And uh, him uh, him kind of just coming up and initiating was a huge deal because because he came up and initiated and said, hey, what's going on, Matt? How you doing, man? And just was talking to me because he knew me from high school. Um it brought along others like Gary Jones and Scott Height and the other guys, other men that were kind of like acted as security outside of youth uh, uh, where, where that was. These guys then kind of came around me and just began to have a conversation with me and love on me. And then the youth pastor uh, at the time, Brian Morin, came out and talked to me and he said, look, you know, in, his, in his Brian Morin voice, he's like, all right, I'm going to let you in here. Uh, but you just need to show yourself, you know, just show yourself faithful, and uh, and we're we're gonna make a spot for you. You're, you're, we're gonna t- put you through some classes and put you through some discipleship stuff, and you'll be all right. But it was because of the initiation, uh, you know, of of Coach Larry Pearson, uh, and we'll see him again. I can't wait, man, because yeah. you know, God is God is so amazing. But I can't wait to you know to hug that dude because he'll be the reason. Yeah. You know, if I can. Should I get to hug him again? He'll he'll be one of the main reasons why I get to hug him again. Wow. You know? So, yeah, it was probably yeah. him. That's powerful. Thank you. Um, for Pastor Daniel, if there's one particular turning point uh, in your relationship with God, what would it be? Yeah, man, I, so I grew up, um, you know, in the church. I was a young kid, um, came from a broken home, parents divorced, but even in the, in the midst of that, my father still got me to church, got me into Sunday school, got me, you know, every Sunday, every week, we were in church. So I grew up in church. Um, <clears throat> walked away, though, in my early adulthood, walked away from church, walked away from faith, you know, overall, um, and thought I could do it on my own. I, I knew, that's what I knew. I knew church, and I'm like, I do it on my own. I don't, I don't really need God. I don't need, you know, I don't need to do this anymore. And so walked away from it for about five years, I think the turning point, though, was, um, man, when you walk away from God, and I, I guess I'm the, the typical, like, prodigal son story where, you know, the prodigal son leaves his, his dad's house, his father's house, and squanders and does all that and comes back home. And 
some of you guys may know that story, but that was kind of my life. I walked away and found myself in a pit. And I think the turning point um, in my life was me just realizing that um, I lost everything, you know. Um, I was losing my family. I lost my faith. I lost a lot of my friends, people that love me. Um, <clears throat> and I just remember this turning point where I was just sitting, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this, be real, um, hovered over a toilet drunk, just out of my mind. God will still meet you right. in that place. Wow. Yes. You know, God will still meet you in whatever, whatever sin, whatever hole you've dug up for yourself. God has the power to still meet you in those places, and God met me there. And I'll never forget, um, you know, weeping and and just asking God, like, forgive me, Lord. I don't want to live like this. And it was, just, it was just this. I was lost. I was I was you know lost in addiction, and I said I don't want to live like this anymore. Like, help me. Like, take get me out of this, you know. <clears throat> and He did, and He did, and it was a turning point in my life where um, the faith that I had, even as a young kid, in the and a young teenager was so different when I came back, when, it, when that turning point happened, I came back to the Lord. It was so passionate. It was so focused. It was so just determined to make a difference and, and actually live out my faith. Wow. And so um, immediately got involved in the ministry and connected to a church. And since then, uh, I was 25 years old. Since then, we've been a part of ministry, a part of doing something, you know, for for the Lord, man, and so that was that was my turning point. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, this last question is going to be for the both of you. Okay. Uh, I'll start with Pastor Matt. If they, if you could tell somebody one reason why you're a Christian, what would it be? <laughs> if I could tell somebody one reason why I'm a Christian, why why I'm a follower of Jesus, why I believe, why I have faith why choose this life uh it would be he's real he's real um you know i am i'm living proof that a moment in god's presence can change somebody's life forever i'm living proof that you don't have to believe mm. to make god real right. god's already real and when you experience it, the reality, it opens up the door for so much more reality to come into your life. And so I would say if there was one, yeah, that there was one thing that I could do or a way, if I were to, if I were to fashion, if you will, a Roman road to salvation around, around one topic, it would be the reality of of God, of Jesus. Wow. And same question for yeah. you, Pastor Daniel. I think for me, um, I think for me, it's just the, the reason why I'm a Christian. Is that the question? Why are you a Christian? If you could tell somebody one reason why. Yeah. If I could tell somebody one reason why, um, it'd be because he changed me. There was nothing that I could do in my own power to, to change. You right. Know? There was nothing that I could do. There was no, no, nothing within myself that I could do. It wasn't until I met him, you know, and I had an experience and had an encounter with him that he completely transformed me. And I think my life, um, as with so many others, 
are we're living testaments we're proof of um of what jesus can do um and so i think if anybody you know asked me i'd say man it's it's me it's my life i'm a living testament i'm walking proof of of what god could do in your life and and it's not just that turning point experience it's even now just living now and being a better father and being a better husband and friend and just the the transformation that takes place when you really really just give your life to him you know um and that's why wow wow that's the last actually i want to ask you guys another fun one everybody asks what's your favorite movie i want to know what's your favorite movie genre my favorite (laughs) i don't want to tell on myself (laughs) like that's a problem I well I have I, I cuz because I like a particular type of movie and I'm you know listen I like action movies and uh, I love I love kung fu movies uh-huh. like foreign kung fu is my favorite to watch like not non-dubbed you know martial arts movies but I like <laughs> like <laughs> romance <laughs> I like I like chick flicks <laughs> <laughs> I do. I like chick flicks. I like like my big fat Greek wedding and like First Wives Club and like Kanye. <laughs> I like I like chick. Fl- I like Twilight. The proposal. I like I like the yeah man. The proposal. For those of you that aren't seeing this, his face is red. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> it's not very many times my face turns red, but um, yeah, man. I like I like romantic comedies. So it, I mean, I guess that would fall under you know chick flicks. There's no judgment here, on camera. Uh, yeah, on camera. <laughs> What would you say is your favorite? I like action and adventure. <laughs> Western movies. That's what I like. You know, get my, my cup of joe and just watch it good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm joking, man. Um, no, you know what? I, I enjoy sci-fi. You know, I enjoy sci-fi thriller movies. Um, I love, you know, stuff like, have you guys seen, I don't know if you've seen Interstellar. Yeah. Um, that, that movie, movie. No, I heard I heard it was like 12 hours long. Oh, but it's so good. It's so <laughs> good. <laughs> it's, worth it. it's worth it. Sci-fi uh thriller movies. That's that's probably my genre, my go-to genre that okay. I'll watch, yeah. All right. What's what's yours? <laughs> I don't want to tell myself either. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? This isn't about me. Uh, I think I'm going to move on. <laughs> that's fair. If that was the last question then that, then I have one question for for our producer Andy and that's producer Andy. What what is your most favorite podcast that you've ever been a producer of? Uh, well, uh, when I was a kid, oh uh, man. I produced my own podcast <laughs> in my head with my you missed it. friends. You missed it. Those uh, I'm not getting paid, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. And yeah. that also is all the time that we have today for Chicken Scratch Gospel. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. This is really, really fun, man. We'll have to do it again sometime. Uh, we look forward Absolutely. to uh, having you guys follow us on social media and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the notification bell. We'll see you next time. Go love like Jesus. Later. Peace.